Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hey guys, thanks for being here with us today. Our guest on this episode is Nicole Kogan. Nicole is a TV host and the founder of a popular food and lifestyle blog called At No Bread. Nicole is known around the world for her healthy, gluten free lifestyle. No Bread has been featured in Wall Street Journal, BuzzFeed, Tasting Table, and more. Nicole is here to share her extensive knowledge about all things gluten-free while giving us some of her best health and wellness tips that she lives by. Let's get into it. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again today. We are having Nicole Kogan from At No Bread come on. She is another LA health and wellness expert. California is just such a healthy life. I swear, like when Sophie and I are like, trying to figure out who we want to book for guests. So many of them are on the West Coast. And I just think it's because they have such like a healthy lifestyle there. But it's never been a place that I wanted to move to, oddly enough. Sophie, did you ever want to live in LA? I've never really spent enough time in LA to know. I've only been there for like one day and that was like on the way to Coachella. So I have not got much of an opinion on it. But I know that everyone in LA is very adamant about having this healthy lifestyle which I love and so I probably really love it there I mean when I went to New York I found that everyone was super healthy there anyway like I didn't know a thing about health and wellness until I went to New York and that's when I started learning everything so if it's even better than New York then it's pretty impressive yeah I love the healthy lifestyle there but I don't know I just feel like it is such a crazy contrast from New York And maybe it's just because I've been in New York for five years. So I'm like still in that mindset. And maybe if I was more patient, like spent a good amount of time there, I'm sure I'd settle in just fine. But I'm just addicted to the fast New York City life. But I do love all of the healthy parts of LA. And I have so many great friends there. LA's got the good weather. I know when I'm in New York and it's minus 14 degrees Celsius, I definitely don't want to be in New York. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd be there for winter and here for summers. But anyways, Halloween just passed and Sophie and I had like the most boring Halloween. Yeah, I literally did nothing. And I was expecting everyone else to do nothing. So I was like, it's okay. We're all in the same boat. No one's going out partying. And then the next morning I wake up and everyone's posted all these stories of them at the coolest Halloween parties in these crazy outfits. And then it hit me and I was like, That is so unfair because now I've got the FOMO and now I really wish that I was celebrating. Before I was fine doing nothing. I was fine with ordering my room service, watching a scary Mm -hmm. movie. I was like, it's okay. Nothing's going on this year. I know. I'm actually such a big Halloween fan too. Like I don't get into all holidays, but Halloween is one of them. And I love the costumes and I love getting dressed up. And yeah, I just thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's 2020. We're all staying in. Everyone's just as sad as me. And it like literally hurt my feelings to wake up and see how much people were doing. Like Halloween night was busy. And I literally almost started looking up costume ideas and 
for no reason. I absolutely had no reason to look up costumes, but I was like having all this FOMO. I did the same thing. I have up in my browser right now, Halloween makeup ideas. I was like, why am I looking at this? I'm in the Seychelles on an island. There's no one here. And I was still gonna do full face Halloween makeup just for the sake of it. Is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, but I was just as crazy as you. So call us crazy. But at least we know we played it safe and healthy. And it's going to build up some anticipation for Halloween next year. And that's okay. I can handle it. Anyways, we are ready to get into this conversation with Nicole. She has such an incredible platform. She's so smart and gluten-free is something that we haven't spoken about on this show and I think it's become such a big topic. From one gluten-free person to another, I'm excited to hear all her tips and all of her go-to gluten-free brands that I want to try. So let's get her on here. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. We have a bunch of questions and we should get into it, not waste any time since we have you here. Do you want to tell us a bit about your online platform, No Bread, how it started and how you grew it to the point it's at today? Yeah, so I started No Bread in 2014. And so I was working at JP Morgan at the time. I graduated from Cornell in 2011 and then I went straight into the finance world. Uh, Before that, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. I was chronically sick my entire life, and I was diagnosed with celiac and, um, you know, a bunch of immune conditions in 2009. So basically, when you're at school and, you know, not treating your body too well, all these issues I was having my whole life went like full-blown craziness. And it was... A blessing in disguise, obviously, but I was so, so sick my entire time at Cornell. And I went gluten, dairy, soy, fruit and nut free, alcohol free, sugar free, everything free when I was turning 21. So I was like, it was just the hardest, hardest time. Up until then, I had not a care in the world about nutrition or health. I was always very small and natural. I was an athlete, so I was in shape. Being an athlete, you have to carb load before games. So I was having like pasta nights. My entire diet was gluten and dairy. So when I was diagnosed with everything, it was like the biggest shock to my every part of my life, my physical life, emotional life, mental life. And I went through it. I've kind of like blacked out that period of time. It's kind of like my brain skips over it because it was a trauma. And I came home that summer and my mom, this was happening in May and June and I was going through all these different health issues. And I was like, I'm going to have to take a year off of school, but this is junior year of college is the biggest year, especially for finance recruiting, which was on the path I was on, you know, for my career. I, was like, I will go back to school. Like I, I can't be sick. I had full body hives every day. I was like, I refuse to have a hive. I refuse to miss any school. So we have to get better and we have two and a half months to do it. So I learned how to cook. I learned I'm very much an extremist. So like, if you tell me you can't have gluten and all of these things, I was like, okay, starting today, I'm not having it. Not one bite. Think about it. Your body's going through such a shock. I was like, okay, well, maybe I just do gluten to start and then dairy in a week and like slow do it. That's what I would do now. But I was like, okay, not going to do it. Not touching anything. So, I mean, that summer was brutal. But in doing all this, I really had this passion for 
taking care of myself. And I never once in my life put myself first for anything. And this is the first time I was like, wow, okay, this feels good. I don't have the flu every other month and I'm not getting strep throat all the time. And so I was like, now I'm like kind of loving feeling well. So there's gotta be more to this world. And I was like, okay, I'm have all these interests in food and nutrition. So I started the blog on the side, didn't tell anyone, figured it would be a creative outlet because I really was not happy at my job. And I was like, I need a creative outlet. I need a hobby. I I don't have time to do like charity work, but I need a hobby so I could write my blog posts while I was there. And that's how No Bread kind of started was I was always entertaining my clients, taking them out to dinners and lunches. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what to eat. So I'm just going to write down a little review so that I can come back to next time I have to go here, I can come back to this review that I wrote and tell myself what I can and can't have. And that's how it started as this like dining guide. I also am gluten-free because I'm convinced that there's a real correlation between that and my eczema. Oh yeah, I had chronic eczema when I was young. I'm sure that has so much to do with it because my eczema always completely clears up when I cut it out. But in your opinion, what are the main benefits about not having gluten in your life? And is there a good gluten-free option for everyone or should some people refrain from cutting out gluten? Yeah, it's interesting. People ask me that all the time. You know, does everyone have to be gluten-free? And what I say is that gluten is an inflammatory. So if you have a something like an eczema or just any sort of issue that you think is related to some organ or something in your body being inflamed, cut the gluten, cut the dairy. And if you can handle it and you don't think you have this inflammatory response to anything, then sure, go ahead. But if you have an, anything spanning from an eczema to a diagnosed condition or anything autoimmune, even if you just start having stomach problems like IBS, we're all intuitive people. We all know. So my whole life, I was having strep like three times a year. I was in and out of the hospitals with stomach pains. I knew there was something like everyone was like, oh, you're just like always sick or you get migraines. And I was like, but like, shouldn't we not? You know, and so we all know. So if you think that there is something because you all know your body so well, you're like, I always have this. Most people don't. I probably shouldn't. That's when you would cut gluten, cut dairy and see if that helps. And I always say cut it for at least three weeks, like really be strict about it for three weeks that you can feel if there's a benefit. Right. Like you said, your big warning signs were the fact that you were sick all the time, you were getting Mm -hmm. strep throat. What are some more subtle things that maybe people aren't noticing, but signs of intolerance? It could be anything from constipation to headaches to, oh, here's a really interesting thing. As I said before, I was an athlete. I was always stress fracturing my bones and having tendinitis. And I was so in shape, you don't just stress fracture your bones and you don't just have recurring tendinitis when you're fit and your technique, because I would go to these running coaches, I was like, is it my technique? Like, why? Why is my foot always breaking? And again, that was one of those things is like, I'm the only one on my team that this is happening to. I'm just fragile. Like, that's not cool. So it literally could be anything. And since removing gluten and dairy from my diet, I have not been sick. I've been sick once with strep throat in 11 years. And I used to have it three or four times a year. I was in the hospital at least twice a year. I have, I've been to the hospital once in 11 years for a stomach thing and end up being something else. You know, the things that will happen once you remove it, I, you know, now I run again, I do all of these things. And it doesn't even cross my mind, like, oh, my gosh, I should do this, this and this afterwards. And, you know, now that the health 
space has developed so much, I think it's so cool because yes, now I'm gluten and dairy free and all these other things free, but now I've also found things like CBD and, you know, other things that I find are positives on our body to just, I think everyone should be striving to reduce inflammation in their bodies. However, that means they go about it. So I know there's a lot of hidden gluten in certain foods that you wouldn't typically expect to have gluten in them. Can you give us a small list of foods that do have gluten in them that most people wouldn't expect? Yeah. So for my sushi lovers, there's gluten in the malt vinegar that keeps sushi rice together. Like the places I'm most cautious about asking, hey, just make sure gluten-free is Asian restaurants just because we don't necessarily know what you can see ponzu sauce. And usually that used to be like red flag for me, but now there is gluten-free ponzu. So you just don't know what the restaurant is using. So I would say when it comes to Asian cuisines, just the malt vinegar used in the rice and different sauces. On that note, different salad dressings at any type of restaurant, you want to make sure. Gluten is also a thickener. So if you see like sometimes heavy soups and chowders and French food, we will use like roux and that is gluten. And then I would say the other big thing is cross-contamination. One of the things I get kind of a lot of heat on is they'll someone will see me eating French fries and they'll be like, okay, well, was there anything else cooked with gluten in that fryer? So for example, if I get French fries, but they also use the fried calamari in there, that's cross-contamination. So cross-contamination is another big one. So you always have to ask a restaurant, okay, those fries, can, is it in a shared fryer? That's the big way of asking. Or even like Brussels sprouts, is it on a shared substance? You can get a gluten-free pizza, but it's cooked in the same oven next to the regular pizza. So, you know, there's so much going on in there between tossing the pizzas, you're probably gonna get gluten cross-contaminated. What about alcohols? Yes, the same situation. Um, I used to work with Stoli and Stoli is a Russian grain, which is wheat, but they launched a dedicated gluten-free vodka because it came from corn and buckwheat. So at the end of the day, yeah, I don't drink vodka too often unless it's potato. And like, you know, now that I'm into health, I try and stay away from corn. But at the end of the day, so that's why I'm really all about like tequila, rum, things that are from dedicated gluten-free grains. But with the alcohol industry, they'll all say to you, oh, well, it's distilled. But if you're just doing gluten-free as a preference, indulge, sure. If you're celiac, you really have to take care of yourself and stay away from it. So for people who do like vodkas, do you find restaurants are doing a good job carrying these gluten-free vodkas? Yeah, absolutely. Like you see Tito's everywhere, Stoli gluten-free, Chopin. I think that with vodka, there is most things now, there's just such an extensive selection when you go places that they typically will have one. And I think that's awesome to see. It's interesting because people who are gluten-free can go to Europe and not have a problem with gluten. And that's like a whole theory we won't even go into because I can talk about it forever. I want to talk about it. Even skincare and everything is meant to be a bit healthier in Europe. And would you agree that grains and starches are healthier in Europe than what we have in the US? It's the way it's processed. Yeah, I think America does everything wrong. I can go to Mexico and eat the corn taco shells there and feel fine. And then I have it here in the States and I feel awful. So you know, I really haven't dove too much into the science of it myself. I think it's super, super interesting. I went to Paris and there was cheese in my omelet. And I was like, because dairy sometimes screws me up more than gluten. I was like, do I do it? Do I do it? Oh my God. And I was like, you know what? 
let's test the theory. And I, I felt fine. I think, you know, I didn't have it twice. Sometimes they say that when you have the allergen once your body's kind of in shock, so it doesn't know how to process it. So you don't feel it. And then the second time is when you do. And I was like, you know what, I'm on vacation. I want to enjoy myself. I have friends who are very gluten intolerant who will go to Europe and eat pizzas. Yeah, it's really funny because during fashion week, obviously everyone's trying to eat as healthy as possible. You know, castings for shows and everything. Everyone's trying to be in great shape. And in New York, you would never see anyone eating bread. And then you go to Europe and every single model out eating has a big bread basket in front of them and everyone's eating it. And I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. And the bread is bloating everyone here and it's not going to bloat you out there. Right, right. Well, outside of being gluten-free, what are some other really important nutrition principles that you live by? I support everyone, no matter if you have a condition or not, taking a probiotic. I think that that is like the best thing you can do for yourself. I take, it's called Seed, and it's amazing. I have a whole blog post about it on my website basically our bodies all have good bacteria and bad bacteria. And what happens is, is as we just live our lives and, you know, not treat our bodies perfectly, the bad bacteria will overtake the good. And when that happens, that's when you have a gut imbalance, it can lead to leaky gut. And that's what really just makes any issue you already have a thousand times worse. So taking a seed will replenish the good bacteria and keep you nice and balanced. So that I think is amazing. I'm a huge CBD person And I love that CBD has now become like so mainstream. Um, CBD essentially, like my very layman's term of explaining it to people because it's so complex, is our bodies are meant to be in equilibrium because of life and life is crazy. We are not. What it does is it just naturally restores you to equilibrium through what in our body is being depleted. It's replacing it. It is totally legal, totally good for you. People are like, am I going to feel high? Am I going to feel this? I'm like, nope, you're just going to feel back to normal. Which brand do you like? I use Beam is really awesome. They have tinctures, which you just do under your tongue in the morning. They have these sleep capsules that are amazing. And it's really cool to also see CBD now incorporated into skincare and into food and gummies and all these little fun ways of taking it. Um, If you're an athlete, it's an amazing anti-inflammatory. You put it on a sports lotion, inflammation goes down. Beam has all that as well. But they're a great, great brand. So personally, I think gluten-free is probably one of the easiest diet changes anyone can do simply because there's so many alternatives now and you can find gluten-free products pretty much anywhere in the world because so many people have this intolerance. And so you can't really make excuses for it when there's endless options and products which taste just as good. But I want to know what your favorite gluten alternatives are for baking cakes, etc., or making pizzas. Do you have a specific type of flour you use or a favorite brand? Yeah, so at a minimum... Whenever you see a recipe that you love that uses regular flour, just one for one, swap it with gluten-free all-purpose flour. Now there's so many, I feel better having, you know, less grains in my diet and, you know, doing paleo baking is my favorite. So I love almond flour. Oh, here's a fun fact for everyone listening. People will see my recipes and they're all mainly almond flour based and they'll say, oh, I didn't have any almond flour. So I used coconut flour. You can't do that. Coconut flour is a major absorbent. So for every one cup of almond flour you use, if you're subbing coconut flour, you can only use one quarter cup. So people will sub in, you know, one and a half 
cups of coconut flour and they're like, it was rock solid and the most dense thing ever. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that's like a mound. Sometimes when I use coconut flour, I add it just like a tablespoon into a recipe just to like absorb some of the moisture. If you have a nut allergy, I think oat flour is amazing. Oat flour is like having a major moment right now, all things oat. Because people, a few years ago, there's like the keto trend, which I am very anti. And now that people are realizing that carbs are good, Oats is having a moment, sweet potatoes having a moment. So oat flour is great for baking. I love using paleo sugars like coconut sugar, maple, and honey. I'm really starting to add manuka honey into my diet, even if it's like a tablespoon a day. Just I think there's so many amazing health benefits to it, whereas in the past people be like, oh my God, sugar, nope, can't do it. So there are good sugars for you. I have sugar every day. I'll do, I have my eBooks and I have a, a sugar-free ebook, but it's a seven day reset. If it's like, for me, it was just my birthday and I went in on sugar, of course. And now I'm like, I need to reset, going to do the no bread restart. It's called the restart. I was actually going to ask you about that. So you have these ebooks online and the seven day restart plans. I'd love to know what these plans consist of and like why you think our body can go through like such a tremendous change in just a short seven days. It's wild. Whenever I'm like getting into shape for a shoot or something, my best friend and I always joke about it. I'm like, oh, I'm so out of shape. I need like two weeks. And then we'll look at each other and we're like, we need three or four days, you know, really just two. If you treat your body well on the whole, you only need a couple of days. I did keto three years ago for three months and it completely changed my relationship with food in the worst way possible. I went from you know, I had some things I wanted to see if it would fix. My body actually on keto felt amazing. But what happened was I started counting food. I don't count calories. I was not only counting calories, I was counting macros and doing staring at labels and doing math. And I, would, I wouldn't even eat broccoli because broccoli had too many carbs and they would cut all fruit out. And so food went from something I love and makes me happy to like a science and a job. And I'm really against that. And it took me a while of like adding, like now I eat, everyone makes fun of me, I eat sweet potato every single day, like sweet potato chips or sweet potato anything, just because I'm like, no, we need carbs. Our hormones need carbs. So is it about exclusionaries? You're taking high inflammatory foods out for seven days and putting nutrient-rich foods in your diet? Like what is the main thing that's creating these great results in only seven days? They're all really all about balance. So for example, the restart is cutting sugar, but instead of saying cut sugar and that's it and having it be an exclusionary type ebook, it's cut sugar, but we're gonna teach you all about meal prep. And it's a huge meal prep thing. And so it's balanced. Like yes, you're removing something, but you're also adding in this new practice that maybe you didn't do before. Um, with the reset, you're required to have chocolate every day and or like a little piece of sugar or something. So I make them all very, very relatable. And I don't want anyone at any point to feel like they're, oh my God, I'm dying for this. No, because you have it. You're just going to have the healthier form of it or a different, you're going to have it in a different way. So something my grandma has always sworn by was bone broth. She says it's a miracle cure. And am I right in saying you drink it every day? Yes, I try to. What are the benefits of bone broth? For someone who has so many gut issues like myself, it is the ultimate gut healer. I always struggle with leaky gut, which what I was mentioning before, if you have leaky gut, any other issue in the world that you have is going to be full blown and really coming in strong. 
So what it does is just helps seal that gut lining. It is so nutrient dense. There's so many different types of bone broth from different types of animals and bison and chicken and turkey. And um, it's just all really strong, condensed nutrients, healthy fats. And it really, it's thick. Like the best bone broth you'll see if you're like, go buy it at Bell Camp or something, it like jiggles. And you're like, oh my God, what is this? And you know, you heat it up and it melts, but it's collagen and all the amazing nutrients from those bones coming to you. And it's just sealing everything, making everything stronger, hair and nail growth. Really that and collagen just has so many amazing health benefits. Do you have a preference over chicken versus beef? Because I know you are a big fan of Vanessa Fitzgerald and you're also good friends with her. And I've always had this idea in my head that anything chicken related can just be really bad sometimes because I know so many chickens are fed corn, which she told us about. So does the bone broth and chicken broth, like, does that come into play here? Yeah. So I'm going to get this statistic wrong, but I love bison and beef because bone broth, because you can, there's key words that you can see like grass fed and finished organic. So when you see those key words with it and Again, I'm going to get this quote wrong, but I believe with bison, it's one of the only animals that can be cultivated. And it's no matter how it is raised, caught, captured, whatever, it's always organic or highest quality. I personally, so I do Cyrex food testing. It's a way to see what my food intolerances are. And chicken and I don't always get along. So I try and watch my chicken intake and... Therefore, whenever I have the option, I always choose the non-chicken one, but that's just me personally. But I would agree with Vanessa in, unless you know exactly what it was fed to maybe avoid it and look, always look for those keywords. Like even with seafood, you want it to be wild and eggs, you want them to be, you know, pasture raised. And so looking for those keywords is super important. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this Cyrex test is? Yes. So it is hard to come about and it's, I don't think it's in every state. Maybe now it is, but I have found, and my nutritionist Kelly Levesque will agree that it is the best quality testing. Cause sometimes you can go into like local shops and they have these food sensitivity tests and I'm like, well, what is this? But Cyrex is the real deal. The way I personally can vouch for that is because Sometimes I would go and take these random food tests and it would be something different every single month. Let's say if I took them month to month, whereas Cyrex, the things that have shown up for me have shown up over the years. So it's consistent and that being with chicken and lentils don't really sit well with me. Red wine, it's very specific. So pistachios, but I think it's really great. Even if you don't think you have any immune issues, you might be eating something that is in your super inflamed category. So if you're already feeling great, removing that thing that you don't even know is making you feel bad will make you Superman. Is it a blood test? Yep. And your integrative doctor can order it for you. There's Parsley Health in LA, which is great. They have a nice new program that you can commit to a year with them, or you can commit to four months, which is kind of just testing and going over the results and creating that plan for only $500. I know another thing that you are really passionate about and you do all the time is these IV drips. Mm -hmm. I have not done them enough to say I think they work or don't work for me. I only have done them when I'm like in high altitude places and 
I've only done it three times, I think. So I want to hear what you think about them and why you think they're so important and can help make you feel even healthier. Yeah. So at a minimum, you can go to somewhere like the hydration room and get, you know, the flu preventer, the immune booster, all these um, like menu options of IV drips. And that's great if you're, if it's flu season, you want to stay high in vitamin C and zinc. And that's a great option. And What I do is these blood tests that I get every year, I see where my specific levels of everything are, like where is my vitamin C, where is my vitamin D, and I have a drip formula tailored to my specific body. I'm all about, and as you know, with Vanessa, everything is should be custom to you. Yes, it's great that there's all these things that are awesome and help us all like CBD and probiotic, but just serving size of them, we'll call it. So... I don't want to overdo if I'm already so, so strong in vitamin D, I don't need to have a drip that's strong in vitamin D. So I always have mine. I work with someone at these IV places to create one that is a perfect match for my body and what my body's needs are. So obviously, this has been a very crazy year. And a lot of people have maybe lost their jobs and are feeling like they don't know what direction they're going. But at 23 years old, you had a job at a very prestigious finance company, and you found yourself feeling unfulfilled. What advice would you give to anyone who is unhappy in their career field and maybe looking for something more? That you're not stuck, you can always change. And I, my fear was the longer I stayed, the more stuck I would get. But then you know what, you can make that change at 30. I was just, I look back on it. I'm like, how did I have the balls to do that and just get up and leave my job? Like I was paid so much money to just show up. And I was like, no, I'm just going to take my time. I'll figure it out. I'm not going to make money right now. And that attitude, I'm like, sometimes when I'm feeling not confident just in any aspect of my life, I'm like, let's think back to that girl. That girl was like fearless, so fearless. I'm just going to do it. Nope, it'll work. It'll work. And I carry that a lot of times to when I'm negotiating brand deals and things like that. If a brand isn't meeting my rates or something, I'm like, no, I'm going to walk. You know, I know my worth. So my advice to anyone is know your worth. And just, we all know what we're meant to be doing. And if what you're doing just doesn't feel right. And you're just doing it for the wrong reasons, like making money or appeasing someone else or doing it because you thought that's what you're supposed to do. I just thought I was supposed to go into finance. I went to Cornell, which is like the most type A school. And I was in the amazing business fraternity that was a feeder into Wall Street. I just didn't know. I just thought that's what I was supposed to do because that's what you do if you go to Cornell and you're in that program. And as I was sitting there, I was like, there's so much more meant to life and to this world than what I'm doing here. Like, am I just supposed to be here? And so I just say like, follow your passions. And if you love something enough and you are devoted to it and you're going to work your ass off on it, you'll make it work. It's all about you. It's what it's your passion and your drive. I love that you use that moment as like a bookmark. So anytime you're in a place, it's like, whatever that bookmark is for anyone. So for you, it's when I was 23. And when I left that job, I just like that you have that one thing to always go back on when you start having those moments of self doubt or start feeling down about yourself. That's really important. I love that. Totally. Before we wrap up any of our episodes, we always love to ask our guests what three favorite products they have, or maybe it's a gadget or anything. Do you have any three things that come to mind when you think of like, I can't live without these things? I thought about this. One is this pill case. So, you know, I go to Vanessa who does my supplementation and I'm on 
you know, different drops and different pills throughout the day that are good for my immunity. And I have this pill case. It's like Monday to Sunday and there's morning, midday, dinner, and you can just lay out your vitamins. I remember seeing like my dad and my uncle when I was younger with these pill cases and I was like, what weirdos. And now mine is so complex. You can, because also it's amazing if I'm going away for seven days, I just lay out all my pills and now I don't have to bring all these bottles and you can just pick up one day at a time. And if I'm just going out for the day, I'm going to Miami this week. I'm going to take two of the days with me. So having a pill case, if you're in the wellness space, is so necessary. I also have this huge water bottle. I drink a ton of water. So actually having the water bottle reaffirms that for me. But it'll be like, I'm looking at it now. It's like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. At 9 a.m. it says, good morning. And then at 11, you've got it. 1 p.m., don't stop. And it's just different measures. So just showing you because having just being so hydrated is so important for any health and wellness goal. And then a third thing I can't live without would be chocolate. I'm a chocoholic. What's your favorite chocolate bar? Um, I love, well, chocolate bar style, Hugh Kitchen. Um, I love grabbing like some Enjoy Life hunt, uh, chocolate morsels. That's like my quick fix. Where's the best gluten-free chocolate muffin? Ooh, the best gluten-free. Okay, so growing up, I was a freak about chocolate croissants. That was my thing. Like every morning, my mom got me a chocolate croissant. And then I had a gluten-free one in Paris. And I'm, it's on my blog. I'm blanking on the name right now. It was probably the best thing I've ever consumed. And just because that was that childhood nostalgia for me. But if you live in LA, I love faux nuts. Oh my gosh. And Erewhon has these chocolate chip cookies that will just blow your mind. Erewhon. I always dream of a day that Erewhon will someday make it to New York. Oh my gosh. That'd be game changing. For anyone listening, if you don't know what Erewhon is, it's like Whole Foods, but on crack, it's in LA and it is the best store. Everything is so clean. Their prepared food section's insane. Their prepared desserts, their juices, their smoothie bar. Like it is so major. It's so good. Do you like the buffalo cauliflower? Oh my gosh, yes. And you have to have the rice balls when you're there next time. It's ugh, everything. Oh my God. All right, Nicole. So we always like to end our episode with having each guest share their social media handles, their website. Is there anywhere that you'd like to send our listeners to? Sure. You can see me on Instagram at nobread. It's a very catchy name. I've thought about changing it in the past, but I'm like, I can't. It's my identity. And then I have all of these tips that I've been giving on my blog, nobread.com, all of my recipes and yeah, those are my two. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us and sharing all of your super helpful information with us. You've been amazing and we hope to talk very soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Okay, guys, you know what time it is. It's the Q&A segment where we answer two questions sent in by you guys. Let's get into it. So the first question we have is, what are some tips for drinking more water? I mean, my best piece of advice is to buy the not-so-simple life water bottle. But yeah, having a water bottle always in sight that you like will definitely keep acting as a reminder to drink more. I'm still trying to get used to it. And I found that if I keep a one and a half liter bottle next to my bed, I would always be able to tell how much water I was drinking. And if that bottle wasn't empty by the time I go to bed, I know I've done a bad job of drinking water that day. Yeah, mine is to get a cute water bottle as well, just because it's a goal and you can watch what you're doing in the day. And my other tip would be add some lemon 
put some like fresh fruits and mint, put something in your water to make it taste a little bit better because whatever gets the job done. So if you need a little flavor to chug that water down faster, by all means. Mm. The second question that we got, speaking of merch, is are you guys going to be selling the Not So Simple Life hats that Sophie was wearing on her Instagram story? Well, We actually didn't have plans to sell our merch by any means. We just made it as a fun, cute thing for us and like little gifts for our family at Christmas because we just love our logo. But so many of you have shown interest. So we're absolutely thinking about doing it. And you guys should let us know if you're interested because the more people that are interested, the easier it will be for us to get some merch sold. Yeah, there's so many cute little pieces. We've got the stickers, we've got the bottles, we've got the bags, we've got the hats. So let us know your favorite pieces and we'll get working on it. All right, guys. Thank you again for tuning in with us. We love our listeners. We love all of our amazing guests and we're having so much fun. If you guys are enjoying this, click that subscribe button and leave us a little review and rating at the bottom of our Apple podcast page. And if you're not following us yet on Instagram, get on over there. Give us a follow. We're on there at the Not So Simple Life podcast. Drop us a message. Give us your ideas. Send in your questions and we will see you next week. 